Hey, it's Kyle Meredith, host of the Kyle Meredith with podcast, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org and the Consequence Podcast Network. It's a series that puts the spotlight on iconic musicians and actors, inviting them to drop by and talk about their latest projects, whether it's albums, TV shows, films, or beyond. I'm going to say something I don't want to say. Here it goes. Without Spinal Tap, there is no Tenacious D. Whoa. <laughs> Man. We get great stories and the biggest scoops from people like Garbage's Shirley Manson, the 1975's Maddie Healy, Jack Black and Kyle Gass of Tenacious D, Maya Hawk, Kiefer Sutherland, and everyone in between. New episodes arrive every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, so it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. You can find Kyle Meredith with on the Consequence Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Good for a Weekend. The podcast usually where two friends talk about Taylor Swift. Except today, the podcast where we all talk about Taylor Swift. I'm Cressy. And I'm Allie. And you are listening to our very first edition of our semi-annual Swifty Confessions. We couldn't be more excited to share all the thoughts, rants, and revelations you submitted to us over these past few months. That's right. In this very special episode, we'll be sharing the confessions you've been sending us, which will probably spark some rants of our own. And if you didn't have time to submit your own Swifty confession, don't worry. Our next semi-annual Swifty confessions will be mid-year 2021, permitting that the earth is still spinning. And we got so many Evermore reactions that they will be in their own episode. So thank you to everyone who shared their live Evermore reactions because same. And remember that your time is running out to enter in our signed Folklore CD and Taylor Swift merch giveaway. You have until December 31st at midnight Eastern time to enter. Enter by leaving us a review on Apple Podcast. Take a screenshot of that review and email it to us at gfaweekend at gmail.com or DM it to us on any of our social media accounts. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, and Tumblr. Thank you so much to everyone who has already entered because you have seriously no idea how much reviews help us to spread this podcast to more Taylor Swift fans like yourself. Just imagine how big the next Swifty Confessions episode will be. And because of y'all, we have been consistently ranked in the top 50 podcasts for entertainment news. That's crazy. And we'll announce the winner of the giveaway in our very first episode of 2021. So stay tuned. That being said, let's get started with our first ever episode of Swifty Confessions. Wait. We have to do a vibe check first, Allie. <laughs> of course. Everyone, are you cozy? Are you cozy, Allie? Uh, I could be better. <laughs> okay, well, this is what the vibe check is for. This is so we can get cozy. I'm in sweatpants and a matching sweatshirt. Get on my level, Allie. Um, I'm playing dog calming music, so that's kind of cozy. If you hear any barks, friends, it's because my dog never stops. He's blind and limps and, you know, he's just an old grandpa. He's my, he's like, he went from my puppy to my grandpa in the matter of 12 years. <laughs> I need to stop. So special. Such a special. Okay, this is not about my dog. Okay, you've ruined the vibe check, Allie. I, know, I really did. You, you did not pass. I'm just talking so about my just, old dog. So let's just, we're going to go right past you and I'm going to talk to the people listening. Okay. So uh, are you comfortable? We're obviously Allie isn't. Uh, she's dealing with something on her own right now. 
We're just gonna let her process that. Um, are you are you in a hot bubble bath? Are you on the couch? Um, how's the temperature? Do you have socks on? Do you have a, a beverage nearby of your choice? Snacks? Do you you got any snacks? <laughs> We've been to the bathroom in a while. They can listen just, to us while they're in the so bathroom. So make sure that you're all settled in for this wonderful friends around the campfire moment. So feel free to pause this, grab a glass of wine, cup of hot chocolate, whatever. Get comfortable because we want you to pass the vibe check before we begin. Unlike Allie. I also have a three day hangover, so. <laughs> Even just saying that puts you so far below the vibe <laughs> appropriation. All of our friends are gonna bring my vibe up. It's going to be phenomenal. I can just feel okay. it. Okay, all right. Now that Cressy is done interrogating you all, um, I think we're all ready to sit around a toasty little fire with our GFAW friends and let's start confessing. So kicking off our inaugural Swifty confession is our very dear friend, Carrie. Now, she has been working hard as a nurse this year, so everybody, meet Carrie. Hey, it's Carrie. Um, my Swifty confession is that um, I just am so thankful for Taylor Swift this year. 2020 was a rough year for all of us, and I'm a nurse. It's been a hard year. Um, so I am just so thankful for her because I tell people at work all the time when they're being discouraging, saying that something's impossible. I said, Taylor Swift released two albums this year, so anything is possible. So thank you, Taylor Swift, because Folklore and Evermore were the only good things to come out of 2020. What a way to kick off our confessions. Thank you, Carrie. It is so good to hear that for a year that has been so hard for nurses and medical professionals of all kinds, that Taylor has helped you get through it. And especially with songs like we know, like Epiphany, that were meant for medical professionals, Taylor is speaking to you, Carrie. God bless. Also, Carrie, did you have a microphone? Like, does she have like, a, like a boom that she was like tapping on? Did you hear that? It was very like, is this thing on? I was going to say her audio sounds almost clearer than ours. <laughs> I'm jealous. I think so. It sounds like she's mic'd up right now. So props to you, Carrie. Carrie, You're we're going to better come- than we are. <laughs> Carrie, we're going to come to your house to record our next episode. <laughs> Can you be our sound check person? Yes. We need you, Carrie. Just, no, she needs to be a nurse. Yeah, she's done enough this year. We need her taking care of people. Yes. (laughs) Not our audio. (laughs) She should take care of actual human beings. (laughs) Uh, So shall we move on to Swifty confession number two? Yes. Would you like to read it, Allie? So our next confession comes from someone known as Swifty Lakes. Hi, Swifty Lakes. Um, We've been interacting with you for a while and we really appreciate your support. Swifty Lakes says, quote, I was talking to one of my Twitter mutuals the other day about how on earth Taylor, did I say quote there? Did I I miss that? Did I go on autopilot? I don't know. I think I did too. Or maybe we just got abducted by aliens. I don't know. Like, there was like I think a... we just got like dropped back at the same time. There was a blurp from like time. There was a blip. I know. Okay. Everyone, Ali and I just got abducted by aliens or there was a glitch in the matrix. We don't know. But you heard it here first 
and we have record record <laughs> record what are you british record <laughs> oh my god they've changed my accent who am i <sighs> anyway swifty likes didn't ask for this they just want us to read their quote <sighs> finally swifty likes says quote I was talking to one of my Twitter mutuals the other day about how on earth Taylor is going to top Folklore. In our opinion, it's her best album. Hold that thought, Swifty Lakes. What a time. Evermore had not come out yet. Chrissy, we are historians. We captured this wild ride. (laughs) I just... Where did my southern accent just come from? I just went, sweet. Instead of sweet. I was about to say, you sweet. I thought you were going to say. sweet, innocent child. I thought you were going to say sweet niblets. Um, no. No. This is not a Hannah Montana podcast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start that over. Okay. Yeah, Swifty Lakes, you beautiful, innocent, naive child. You did not know what was just about to happen. Right around the corner that Taylor was going to do this exact same thing. You, your mind, your prophet. Just kidding. You didn't predict anything. I just felt like being weird. I want to know if Folklore is still, in your opinion, her best album. Or are you an Evermore person now? Good for a weekend, friends. I think I like Evermore better. But this is not about me. This is about Swifty Lakes right now. Swifty Lakes continues. In some ways, I think one of the ways she can top it is with her re-recordings. We both agreed that the 10-minute version of All Too Well might just be the thing that does top folklore as the normal version is already such a fan favorite and people went mad when they found out it had the F word in it. I think if she does Whoa, release it- Whoa, Allie, pause. You gotta, you gotta finish reading it in a British accent. Swifty Lake spelt favorite with a U, so we gotta, res- we gotta <laughs> respect their, um, their his, what is it? Their, their dialect. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> I think if she does not. No, <laughs> no. That's no. not it. That's not it. I'm so, I'm so sorry, back, Swifty back Lake. To I'm so sorry, Swifty Lake. Today is very chaotic. I don't know. Allie and I got abducted by aliens earlier. We're things are weird. We don't even. We haven't even been drinking or anything. We're just no. just sitting here. We're stone cold sober. There's just like reggae music softly playing in the background of Allie's home. It is dog calming music. Okay. <sighs> okay. Okay. Continuing. I'm sorry to insult your accent. I'm sure your voice is far more beautiful than what I just did. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Sorry, Swifty Lakes. We, we, we are being as serious as we can be. Oh, we love you. Everyone give at Swifty Lakes a follow. They are awesome. Continuing. I think if she does release it, the fandom will be in absolute chaos. And I honestly can't wait as All Too Well is one of my favorite track fives. My second confession actually links with the 10-minute version of All Too Well and the fact that it has the F word. I love All Too Well so much because of the pureness of it. It's such a bittersweet story, and I don't know if that would be ruined with the F word. However, I love the fuck you forever in Mad Woman. It brings so much power and emphasizes the anger, maybe even hatred, that she has towards the person. I'm certain that Mad Woman is about he who shall not be named. 
scooter. Emoji. Emoji. Um, Swifty Lakes, are you a Harry Potter fan? Because same. Anyways. Uh, I just don't know if all too well is the place for a swear word, but my opinion might change if, in parentheses, when we hear the rest of the lyrics and the context of it. P.S. All caps. I can't stop thinking about how she admitted she's already re-recorded Love Story on GMA. End quote. Thank you, Swifty Lakes. That was one hell of a confession. And now Cressy and I are going to discuss it. I have a question. Okay. Is it confirmed? Is this is this a question for, for the culture, for me, for the listeners? Who, Anyone who wants to answer me. Okay. Maybe... I just wanted to make sure I wasn't like, okay, it, and I just assumed it was for me, you know? Because that would just be rude. That would just be rude. Is it confirmed that she will release the 10-minute version of All Too Well? Nope. God damn it. We only know that it exists. Um, it was folklore for quite some time. So I've always been a 10-minute truther of All Too Well. I've always been a firm believer that it existed and there are people online who are like, or they were like, back before this was confirmed, Taylor's just exaggerating. It's not completely 10 minutes. Like, she was just talking in an interview and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> it is actually 10 minutes because we heard that in her interview with Rolling Stone and their podcast. So, yeah, it exists. And we know it has the F word in it. But uh, since it isn't, the original track, I feel like there isn't anything stopping her from releasing that 10-minute version, like, this entire time, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I really want it to be released. I actually just got chills because I am a Virgo with a moon sign of Scorpio and ascendant of Cancer. Allie found this all out today, <laughs> and now she thinks she's an astrology expert. So, I mean, let's, let's see what she's got to say. I'm ready. I am... Um, my um, astrology breakdown told me that my emotional intuition is almost always correct. <laughs> and I just got chills when we were talking about the 10-minute version being released. And I think that is my emotional inner astrology telling me that she will release All Too Well 10-minute version with the re-recordings. Because think about it. All Too Well is probably the most consistently ranked number one on all those, like, favorite Taylor Swift song. And she even talks about that. She even talks about how everyone says All Too Well is her best song. I feel like that'd be a nice little gift, a little present, especially since she talked about it in that interview and now everyone, you know, mm -hmm. is speculating about it. I think that would be something that she would maybe do. You know, she releases, like, her extended versions or her lyric, you know, premiere lyrics for songs all the time. So I feel mm -hmm. like that'd be like a very warm, special gift from Taylor. But also yeah. imagine if she released All Too Well with the F word back during Red Era because she was so like cupcake, buttercrumb, buttercrumb, buttercream fairy. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Is that a thing? I don't know. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like she wore like yeah. the long skirts and the 50s bathing suits and whatever during Red Era. Like her saying the F Big word. Big Machine would not have let her. No, yeah. They wouldn't have let her have yeah. an explicit album. No, there's no way. But now, she uses now. the F word all the damn time. And the word goddamn. And I just, 
I want to disagree with Swifty Lakes here. Oh. They say they love All Too Well so much because of the pureness of it. And I don't think All Too Well is pure. I think it's messy and raw. You know, mm. it's like that straight emotion and it's messy glory and like it's raw. Yeah. And I think having the F word to that would increase that. Mm -hmm. Or it may make people like the original better. So we'll just have to see. I I do really like how she said that when she did the 10 minute version or when she was creating All Too Well, they were just playing music behind her and she was just spitting lyrics into the mic. I made her sound like she's a rapper. She's not a rapper, but you get what I'm saying. Freestyle. Yeah. So, like, that's pretty much just, like, sharing your most inner deep thoughts. And if she said the F word, she was pretty angry. All right. Our next Swifty confession is from our friend Hannah, a sweet fifth grade teacher in Auburn, Alabama. We love you, Hannah. Everybody say hello to Hannah. Hey, Jifa. Recent Taylor Swift convert here. I joined Taylor Nation during the Reputation album. Thanks to Cressy. I am now a full-blown Swifty. Um, definitely an obsessed one, I'd say. So here is my theory on the third album of the folklore era. I'm kind of siding with Cressy here. I I really think Evermore is the last to the sister albums because Taylor gave us two albums this year. I mean, two albums, two incredible albums. Her, in my opinion, best albums to date. And, you know, if I were Taylor and I had just given my fans these two albums and there were these theories floating around that there was a third coming out and I hadn't worked on a third, it might kind of like crush my spirits a little bit. And I don't think Taylor's spirits deserve to be crushed, especially by us. And if a third album comes out, I will be so eternally grateful. But if it doesn't, I'm perfectly happy with what she's given us. First of all, Hannah, how dare you? <laughs> let's pause and let's just let everyone know that Hannah is referring to the 20th episode of GFA, which is I did something Cressy, colon, we need to calm down, which is why I think we should give Taylor a break. Okay, context done. Go, Allie. Also, that episode was in uh, complete defiance of Allie's opinion. <laughs> so um, that explains her raw reaction. All right, back to you. My initial reactions were captured in my solo episode, Don't Blame Allie, Blind Optimism to Blame. I, uh, I don't know. Uh, Hannah, we're no longer friends. Just kidding. Hannah bought me the cardigan this year, so we are friends. But my episode when I recorded it was my initial gut reaction. And I think the main reason I think I want that third album sooner rather than later is because I really, I'm going to stand by it. I think if it comes out on that date that was on the clock, the five months date or whatever, what was it? Like April 20th or something? May 20th? Sometime in April, I think. Let me give you some context. 
in the Cowboy Like Me lyric video, there's a clock on top of like three books or something that symbolizes the trilogy. And the clock is set to... Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> and the clock is set to the exact date that would be the same amount of days that it was between Folklore and Evermore. So people think in the same amount of days that it took to get Evermore, we're going to get that third album. I think that would be old news. So if it does exist, let's get it sooner rather than later, you know? Allie, we hear you. Um, I disagree. Hannah disagrees. Um, I think everyone listening disagrees. But um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sure it's probably split 50-50. We'll see. I respect your opinion. Like, and I do agree. Like, Taylor should really soak up the success of Evermore and Folklore. And if she released the album too soon to Evermore, it's going to affect the charts Blah, blah, blah. But don't you think people would be more mad if it came out, like, way far away from now? I will use your argument. Taylor has proven time and time again that there are no rules. She does what she wants, she releases when she wants, and people are excited, and it debuts at number one. You know? I think people would be excited. Um, I still hope that her re-recordings are on her mind. Because that would be TS10. Uh-huh. I do want to say one last thing about the trilogy, and then I'm done. I swear, Cressy, Hannah, listeners, I'm done. What if she releases the third album when she releases the re-recordings? Wait, are the re-recordings going to come out in one big album? There's no way, right? It's we gonna... don't know anything. Yeah, but like, what if she released it with the re-recordings? Now that would be a big to-do, you know? Be a big celebration you know yeah people would be ecstatic it doesn't make sense though because we need to save this for our evermore episode allison (laughs) okay this is not the time nor place you're being very inappropriate right now (laughs) sorry listeners we have very important (laughs) confessions to get to let's move on with flynn let's hear from flynn flynn says quote dear fellow swifties OMG, I loved folklore. I never would have guessed that August was part of the love triangle. Please don't count that against me. My favorite song was totally, well, favorites. They were absolutely Epiphany, Seven, Invisible String, and The Lakes. The best songs ever. Keep making pods, end quote. Well, thank you, Flynn. Yeah, thank you. First off, second off, I actually, we've gotten a few people to write in after... We talked about Epiphany in a previous episode saying that Epiphany is actually one of their favorites. So yeah, I remember I said, Epiphany is no one's favorite. And then people answered mm. and said, yes, Epiphany is my favorite. So sorry about that. Y'all keep proving us wrong and we love it. We love it. And thank you, Flynn. We love hearing from you. And the love triangle can be whatever you want it to be. Yes. If you want August to be a part of it. You make August a part of it. Absolutely. Why don't we hear from Cheston now? Our Twitter friend, Cheston. Hey, Cheston. Everybody, meet Cheston. Hey, y'all. Um, my name is Cheston. I am a 28-year-old um, LSU Fighting Tiger grad. I had to throw that in there because I've been listening to y'all's episodes and I've been hearing all the Auburn talk and the SEC talk and about how Taylor um, was at Auburn, but I have to throw in a Go Tigers. That's spelled G-E-A-U-X, Tigers. I uh, had to get that in there for sure. I think it's so funny how, um, like, two of my biggest passions are, like, Taylor Swift and college athletics, which is, that sounds so weird, and people are always surprised by that, but uh, my friends are always 
amazed because if we're watching like sports or something like that, I always say, you know, what the announcer's going to say, like 30 seconds before they actually say it. And I've caught myself um, listening to y'all's episodes and like I'll say something and then 10 to 15 seconds later, y'all talk about the exact same thing, which is really funny. I think that's so awesome. Um, I know sometimes uh, Taylor's music uh, has us like feeling so relatable um and on the same page as her just because all of her stuff is so relatable um that it almost makes us feel like you know oh my gosh like I feel like I could be best friends with Taylor um at least I feel that way for sure um we're both Sagittarius too so that helps I think but um listening to y'all's podcast has me feeling like I feel like I would be best friends with these girls like other than the fact that they went to Auburn I promise that's the last time I'll reference that maybe not but we'll see but it just y'all's podcast makes me feel like we would be best friends um kind of like Taylor's music makes me feel with her basically what I did was I listened to all of y'all's episodes and kind of took notes um as to like certain things that I would want to give little input on or things that um stood out to me or you know like things that I would talk more about if I were sitting in the room with y'all the episode that y'all had about Kanye um when the entire actual conversation that was had between Kanye and Taylor came out. Um, I don't know if y'all felt the same way, but this was like, I mean, you all, you both went to an SEC football school. So it felt like Taylor had just won like some sort of a national championship. Like if that had made sense, uh, it felt like not only did she win, but it felt like, Swifties as a whole won a huge victory, won a, like a title and kind of had this moment where we did the hair flip and shrugged our shoulders and said, well, yeah, I knew that all along. It was like this, it was like this huge moment of vindication that we had. Um, and it was amazing. Also something else that went along with that, that starting that day, I probably started listening to Reputation again. I probably listened to Reputation f like on repeat for like a month after that. The way the album hit after that day, it was like it was almost like listening to a brand new album. Reputation was already uh, an album that meant a lot uh, to me because it, it was um, coming out in that era was during a time where I was going through a difficult time. So that that album meant a lot to me in general. Um, but after that conversation with Kanye came out and the entire world knew the truth, um, it just hit so much harder. There were certain lines that they were digs and they cut before. But like after that conversation, it was like they were a little bit sharper. After that, I basically have a lot of um, folklore stuff, which um, the Long Pond Sessions has come out since y'all's last episode, which I'm, I know both of you have obsessed over. That was something that hearing her explain the meaning to songs, and honestly, with any Taylor album, any time that she does an interview or a video, and she's able to... She, she gives her own explanation for songs and it matches like the explanation or the meaning that I've given to the song myself personally. I can't, it's like there's another emotional level to the song at that, at that moment, because you know, it's like Taylor Swift, like the Taylor Swift 
had the exact same meaning behind this song that I took for myself without her ever explaining it. I selfishly want, I know this would be a lot and it would kind of be absurd um, and it would be a lot for Taylor. So it's not very, really realistic, but having two like separate concerts, one for folklore and one for lover is something that I like so selfishly want. Um, and I guess that's like the organizer in me is that I like everything to have its own place and its own time and its own, I guess, era. Taylor and I are similar in that. Oh, also today's my birthday. So my birthday is like four days from Taylor's fun, fun fact. We have, we're like randomly similar in all these random ways. It's kind of crazy. Sagittarius, I guess. Um, oh, Taylor Swift, uh, Twitter notifications. Not only do I have her Twitter notifications on like Instagram, um, Facebook, like everything that I can turn on, I have on also for Taylor nation as well. Um, my friends think I'm nut for my friends that have like witnessed me grapple for my phone. Um, after a Taylor notification comes across, it's like, you know, especially after folklore, like who can trust any sort of notification <laughs> after what she did with folklore. So all my friends think I'm crazy, but, oh, speaking of, waking up to folklore. I have never jumped out of a bed so quickly in my life. Um, I think I had 50 text messages. Um, and that's probably, um, underestimating the amount of text messages and calls that I had. Taylor hugged us all with this album is a quote that I have here and it couldn't be more accurate. Um, it really felt like, you know, with all of us in this dark time, this rough time that we're all going through, the entire world really, that Taylor wrapped us in her own personal cardigan and gave us a hug and told us, you know, hey, it's going to be okay. And, you know, like she talked about, we, we all had our little cry that we needed to have with this album. Um, let's see, I have Inez being the third woman. I didn't really go with that narrative. I, I guess I just saw Inez as the little like hall monitor girl who was always in everyone's business and just happened to be the rumor spreader um, that everyone knew was the rumor spreader. I kind of like Taylor said in Long Pond, I always felt like Taylor and James ended up together, but I'm not, I'm not really a James fan. Uh, fan. I actually have a guy that I talked to for a while whose name was James. And so when this album came out and Taylor used that name, I already had this preconceived notion that James was kind of an ass uh, because of the way that this other James had treated me. And so in my mind, James was doomed from the start to just be an ass. Um, and they unfortunately ended up together, which I think Betty's way better than James. But um that's that. Oh, my last thing. So we, as we all know, like this Sunday is Taylor's birthday. This Sunday is the 13th. I have, I have one small tattoo and I'm not a huge tattoo person, but I've all, I've told all of my friends that my next tattoo is going to be a Taylor Swift tattoo. And I cannot for the life of me decide what my tattoo should be. I have scoured the internet for ideas. I've combed over lyrics um, combed over albums, combed over, um, you know, the, the journal entries that we got with lover. I've combed over everything I can possibly think of, um, to try to find a tattoo idea. And it's not necessarily that there are none. It's just that there are so many, I guess I can't 
really decide which one means the most or which one I want to have on my body forever. Um, I'm very close to just getting like a Roman numeral 13 uh, on my left wrist. Um, But that's where I'm leaning now. But like if y'all have any idea or if any of the listeners have any idea about what um, I could do for a Taylor Swift tattoo, that would be amazing. Like I said, Reputation, that whole album means so much to me. Um, And specifically the song New Year's Day, um, because I feel like that's kind of the picture of what I want in a partner. Um, So that's why that song kind of sticks out to me. Well, thank you, Cheston. That was so sweet of you to send us all of your confessions. And thank you for taking notes. And thank you for tweeting us. It was so fun to see your tweets. Yes. Cheston was one of friends. Yeah, Cheston was one of the first people to tweet us on the morning of Evermore saying that he knew he wished he could see Cressy and I running for our mics. And you know what? He knew. He knew. So we thank you, Cheston. What's funny about that is whenever he tweeted that, I wanted to reply, well, if Allie would answer her goddamn phone. Because <laughs> that was when I was still waiting for you to wake up. Yeah, I was like, I was still half asleep. I don't know. I really didn't think it was going to be another folklore, uh, you know, whatever, sister and in album. in Allie's defense, her long distance boyfriend was visiting her, too. He had, like, just came in. Like, poor guy. Like, and he is very cranky in the morning. Anyways, um, you'll hear I thought from about him calling later. him too when you didn't answer after five times. I was like, "Well, it's time to call Sam. I don't want to have to do this, but that's always my go-to when my friends don't answer. I call their boyfriends." He would have been so nice answering you, and then he probably would have yep. literally—I don't even want to know. He just would have been grumpy. I like he would not have uh, liked it very much. Um, no. Cheston, you gave us a lot to talk about. I have a proposal for you, and then we'll move on to other things. Are you ready to hear this? If Good for a Weekend gets to 1,300,000 downloads. Did I say that right? (laughs) 1,300,000? What was that? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Did I say that right? No, I think I'm, I think 1,300,000 would be like a million, 300,000. Yeah. <laughs> so 130,000. Downloads. I will get a Taylor Swift tattoo with you. Mostly because I have a tattoo currently that I need to cover up. <laughs> so yeah. She sure does. <laughs> But I actually, I have an idea for your tattoo, Justin. Okay. So um, he mentioned several times that he is a Sagittarius like Taylor. And we all know I love astrology and zodiac signs. And Allie is getting into it now, as I mentioned earlier. What if you, Justin, you did maybe the Sagittarius symbol or the constellation and you either somehow incorporated a 13 or a TS into it? Whoa. And that would be personal because that's your personal connection with Taylor. Exactly. Okay, I'm just and kidding. And if I... something terrible happens and you're tired of Taylor or something, or you need a break, which probably will never happen, let's be honest, but you know, you got to prepare for worst case scenario, then it's still a tattoo for you. 
Okay, then I take back my proposal because I'm not going to get a Sagittarius on my ass. <laughs> well, I didn't know. Th- you guys don't have to get matching tattoos. I thought you just meant one in general. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. I also I need a Taylor-themed <laughs> tattoo. We'll have to come up with yours later. Yes. Beyond that, fuck James. You're James. Sounds like a player. Um, And then also, War Eagle. <laughs> Yeah, you saying that the call being released felt like uh like a championship, like an SEC championship. I agree. I feel like that call with Kanye being released gave me the same feeling it does every time Bama loses to anyone. And I also totally agree that the lyrics felt sharper to reputation. Like they really hit different. Going on to the next Swifty confession from Ariel. Ariel says Hey guys, full transparency, my confession is petty. Love the way you started that. (laughs) I'm really annoyed at all the people all of a sudden loving Taylor so much because folklore is trendy and cool. I just want to tell them, where were you when she needed you? I never faltered. I've been a fan since 2006 and didn't care what other people thought. How dare you be a fair weather fan? Then I get over myself and realize I'm happy Taylor is finally getting the love and respect she deserves. Haha, <laughs> thanks guys. End quote. All right, Ariel, I've got some thoughts. So my first, as I'm reading this with Allie, my first thought was, oh no, you should be happy that people are listening to. And then I realized, no, I'm the same way. Because so many people when Folklore came out were like, and there was absolutely no reason for them to do this, by the way. But they would start things off with, I hate Taylor Swift, but dot, 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 folklore Mm. is great, or I love Betty, or I love August, or I'm not a big fan of Taylor Swift, but, and it's like, you don't have to start that way. No one gives a singular shit if you like Taylor Swift or not. Why do you have to start it that way? Why do you have to advertise? And why, who cares? Who cares? Like, is this supposed to be some big accomplishment? Like, oh, you don't like Taylor Swift, but mm-hmm. how big of you to admit you like folklore? I've had people tell me more than once, more than just from one source, say that they don't want to be associated with liking Taylor Swift. And I'm just like, get over yourself. Honestly, you kind of just, you know, just be confident enough to like what you like. If you like Taylor Swift, you like Taylor Swift. Most of us do. Even if you say you don't, you probably have cried to one of her songs at one point in your life. I think I said that in a very early episode, and I stand by it. And life is too short to pretend like you don't like Taylor Swift. Listen to her clean speeches. She literally talks about that, that sometimes you're going to like things that aren't, that won't make you trendy or cool, but you should like them anyways. Like Taylor Allie Swift. Ali says that, like, her biggest regret in life isn't going, <laughs> not going to see 1989 World Tour. yeah. Well, and I've even said before that I, I Clean is probably my least favorite song from 1989. And you're like, it's because you haven't heard the Clean speeches. And that's probably <laughs> true. But we're right there with you, Ariel. Right I'm, there with you. I could probably spend an entire episode on this. So I'm just going to leave, leave it with one last thing. Not liking Taylor Swift as a personality trait just means that person is boring and isn't interesting enough on their own and they have to hate things to have as personality traits. Mike, drop. I'm sorry you're boring. Next confession. 
All right, our next confession, I'm so excited for this one, is from my friend Annie. So Annie was the president of my sorority. She was a year above me, and we always, always, always talk Taylor any given moment of our time. So I'm really excited to hear these for the first time with y'all. Annie, take it away. So for my first one, I'm going to try and keep it as objective as possible, even though it's going to be kind of hard, but I don't want to step on any toes. Um, But I will say that this is a confession slash situation that I am quite passionate about. So for a little background, I have been a Swifty for 14 years now, and I certainly have the scars to prove it. Um, I'll never forget the first time I heard our song at my basketball practice in elementary school. And little did I know that my life would soon be forever changed. I've been to four of her concerts. I own merch from every era, even though some of it now would better fit a doll than myself. But, you know, it's the thought that counts. I co-run a Taylor Swift Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitter with one of my best friends, um, who is my my Swifty partner in crime. And subtle plug, follow us. Stolen kisses, two underscores, pretty lies, with two S's. I promise we'll show you a good time. But um, I have gotten into countless social media and in-person arguments with people about Taylor. Um, defended her literally like it was my job. I've written papers and articles and even my public speaking final speech I gave on her, which it did involve a graph. So that's all you need to know. Um, I have a laundry list of people who know me as the Taylor Swift girl, which is a title I carry with pride. And also, by the way, if um, Taylor Swift is your brand, just be advised that boys will always think of you anytime they hear a Taylor Swift song or see her and it's very powerful and I've learned that so <laughs> just keep that one in your back pocket but anyway um I'm not saying this to brag or try and sound superior or you know make it like a scoreboard but I'm just simply you know building up my resume before proceeding because all this considered I can't lie that it doesn't make me feel some type of way When I see Swifties who have been fans since the rep era, getting noticed by Taylor and getting to meet her and, you know, getting likes and comments and who knows what else. Um, And let me say that I'm definitely jealous and salty. And that's clear. Obviously, Um, my emotions are, are getting to me, but sometimes I just feel a little hopeless because. I've been balls to the wall for this girl. I don't know if I can say that on this on this podcast. Um, but nonetheless, I've been balls to, to the wall for Taylor since I was like 11 years old. And I see people who have gotten to meet her twice who, you know, have really not endured, let's say, what I have on this Swifty journey of mine. Um, and of course, for some of them, it's not their fault that, you know, they weren't even born before Red was released. Or, you know, I'm not trying to blame people for that. But I think for a lot of Swifties of my age and, you know, my timeline, um, you know, we have jobs. We have 
life. We have, you know, a lot of people are married or engaged or have families. Um, and we don't have time to literally sit on the internet all day and, you know, churn out content or, you know, constantly monitoring all of our social media and doing these crazy intense things to get Taylor to notice us. Um, you know, I, again, I don't, I don't want to blame people and I am genuinely very happy for all of those people. It's not like, you know, I'm, I'm bitter towards this entire group of people who, you know, I don't know their life. They, they could very well deserve it just much as, just as much as me or other people. Um, but I will say, I know there's many, you know, 22 plus age Swifties and, you know, certain lifestyles as well that can relate and who I know have expressed similar feelings to me. So I'm not alone in this belief. Um, but, you know, I will say on the flip side, some of the biggest and best Swifties I know have gotten to meet her or have gotten noticed in, in some way. Um, the number one Swiftie I've ever met in my life who happens to be a close friend and literally is, I mean, sets the standard for all of us, but she actually got to meet Taylor, um, during the lover secret sessions. And, you know, I lived vicariously through her and I still can't believe that it happened, but, you know, moments like that do give me hope that the system works and that fate will step in eventually. But I would be lying if I said, I don't feel sometimes discouraged that, you know, lifelong Swifties haven't gotten their justice. Um, but maybe maybe our justice comes in the form of Taylor saying the F word in her newer songs and singing about alcohol, um, you know, because that's certainly a nod to our age range of Taylor Swift fans. Um, so I'm going to be grateful for that and um, remain hopeful that my day will come. Um, but yeah, again, I don't, I'm not coming for anyone's throats because it's not their fault that Taylor Swift, you know, sought them out and found them and thought they deserved to meet her. But, you know, I'm just manifesting that, you know, older Swifties, Swifties who have been there from the beginning, etc., get, get our day in court one day. I have thoughts. Okay. <laughs> so now it's time for my first Swifty confession. And it's spicy as well. Seeing secret sessions, pictures, and all of that makes me so jealous that I, like, get angry. <laughs> and I have to, like, close. I don't even look at it. If I see anything or comment about it, I just keep going because I know it's going to make me upset. Because I agree, Annie, it's so hard to see younger people living out your dream when we have these scars to prove that we've been <laughs> at this since day one. It is so hard. Oh my gosh. But I am right there with you, spicy hot take. I can't look at any of that stuff because it just hurts my soul. If you got invited to a Swifty confession session, oh, if you got invited, oh my god, wait. I'm here now. I know, we're here now. If you got invited to a secret session with Taylor Swift, do you, would you say that your life peaked? Yes. <laughs> I already think my life peaked when I went to the 1989 world tour and had floor seats. True. Yeah. Oh, way to rub it in. 
Like, Allie, if you got invited and I didn't, I don't know if we could still be friends. Like, yeah, I think that you would I would be so jealous. Especially since you, like, transformed me into the Swifty I am today. I mean, I, I was, like you all know, I was a huge Country Taylor fan. 1989 happened. I was distracted that I quickly came back in time for Reputation. It really was just 1989. And now I regret it for the rest of my life. I will never see that tour. It's her biggest life's regret, (laughs) y'all. But I was there. Um, I went through my biggest high school breakup when Red came out. And now I cannot listen to State of Grace without Mm. going back to that emotional place. Um, I... I, I do feel bad because I know that we have younger listeners who do listen to us, as well as older listeners who can really relate to people of Cressy and I's age, as well as Annie's age. But when Annie said that some of the fans that have met Taylor weren't even born during Red, I literally burst out <laughs> laughing. Because <laughs> she's right. It's just hard. It's so hard. And if you are a younger Taylor fan... Please know that this is just jealousy. I need to work out in therapy. Yeah. Like, it's not your fault your parents didn't have you earlier. Like, I know. It's not your this, is, this is like a me problem. Like, I actually, when I used to work at a tennis camp and worked with younger kids and they would listen to Taylor, I asked them if they knew any country Taylor songs and they didn't. And that was a rude oh awakening that I am no longer young. <laughs> No. I know. I was like, oh Did my Did you God. Um, show them to the light? Uh, I mean, as much as I could, but then, you know, with their, you know, attention span, they started doing Fortnite dances shortly after. So it wasn't a very conducive environment for a Taylor Swift mm-hmm. education. Well, you tried. Yes. But Annie, I think uh, it's safe to say that Allie and I both agree with you. Yeah. I think... The more secret sessions that happen, the more hostile I'm going to get. <laughs> um, one of my favorite parts about this folklore Evermore era is that I don't have to see that shit. <laughs> like, and I don't have to like see like the screenshot of the invitation yeah. and like pictures of the cookies that she made them. And I like and and I'm just gonna keep confessing, okay? It's like hard when people go to these secret sessions and they hear the album before anyone else which is awesome that's great but then they like tease it mm-hmm. for like the next month before the actual album comes out like oh y'all don't even know it's coming or just like things like that or they're yeah. like track four has the most has a lyric that cuts like a glass yeah i think it's cuts like a knife like i remember there was it wasn't like drama, but I remember a secret sessioner from um, Reputation era said that Gorgeous had lyrics that cuts like glass, and and like it doesn't, you know? <laughs> like, no, but it's like shit like that because they think they're so cool and they think that they have the authority to have hot takes like that when they're wrong. <laughs> that person hasn't experienced pain yet. <laughs> No. <laughs> like, you think that cuts like I think that? they were trying to say it was witty, but I don't know. But it's just, like, shit like that. It yeah. bothers me. Yeah. All right, so Annie sent us a few. That was her first one. Why don't let, Let's just listen to her second one. Let's see what else she's got to say, because you know what? I'm, I'm here for it. She's captivated me. 
So my next semi-controversial statement slash confession is that I wholeheartedly believe that Taylor's old music, specifically the Fearless album through Red, does not, emphasis on the not, get the clout it deserves, especially compared to the new eras. Um, I might be biased here because Fearless is my number one favorite album. Like, it's literally God tier. And Speak Now and Red are, you know, close second and third, just perfect in every way. Especially when you put into the context that she was still in her teens writing the lyrics, like, you know, Last Kiss. I mean, Ariana Grande legitimately wishes. No shade because I do love Ari. But anyway, um, just where I'm at right now is that I could hate every other song Taylor puts out for the rest of time, which... I know for a fact that won't be, but just for hypothetical purposes. Um, but because I love those older albums so freaking much, and I genuinely think they're best work, I, you know, I don't need, I don't need anything else from her. I, I have content from her that I can milk until the day that I die. I'm a lover stan, and you know, obviously was behind my besides myself when folklore and Everlore, I mean, oh my god, folklore and Evermore came out. Um, and I'm so here for how her aesthetic has progressed over time and her sound has morphed and, you know, how she's matured. But I just don't think she can ever outdo the fearless speak now and red trifecta for me. And that doesn't mean she isn't capable of doing some incredible new stuff, but it's honestly just a testament to how timeless and iconic those albums are, in my opinion. And I know a lot of people have the new albums at their top and you know more power to you i i understand that and i respect that but for me fearless will truly never be dethroned something immediately came to my mind when she was saying this i have seen time and time again when people rank the albums that country taylor is almost always at the bottom and building off of annie's last confession could this be because of all of her younger fans who weren't there for Country Taylor? You know? For sure. Yeah, like, and I, I think that maybe younger fans who grew into her, you know, releasing pop albums, they just weren't there to experience the literal, like, I want to Phenom- Phenomenon. Yeah, phenomenon that, that was Fearless Taylor. Was. Yeah, well, yes, Fearless, fearless just- one Album of the year. She was the youngest person ever to get that Grammy album of the year until Billie Eilish last year. Uh-huh. And, like, that's crazy! And through that whole country era is when she kind of started to become known for always winning awards. You know, and that's where that mm-hmm. whole, like, surprise phase thing came from, I feel like. But she was really just that good. If Taylor Swift was up for an award, she almost always won. <laughs> Like, literally, like... And everyone was rooting for her, too. It was such a good time to be a Swifty. I know, like, but, like, I remember even being such a hardcore country Taylor fan, I remember kind of thinking, it was almost obnoxious how many times she won the award. Like, it was like you just knew she would. And you'd be kind of, like, waiting for the time that she didn't. Not, like, hoping that she didn't, but, like, surely one of these awards she's not gonna win, and she'd still win. You know? I think that just goes to show 
her raw talent, just knowing how young she was, like a literal teenager. Yeah. And just, and now she's 31. And still kicking. And still doing. Still winning. The most. Yeah. She's literally never stopped succeeding. She's had no flops. Other than me. And. (laughs) Don't talk about me. (laughs) It's a fun song, but it. It was executed in a way I disagree with. I think that me... I'll say that cordially. I think that me was kind of redeemed by that music video because I love that music video. Oh, same. I love the music video. I just think it was a super poor choice for a lead single. Yeah. I would have done Death by a Thousand Cuts, but that wouldn't have been widely recepted, so... Cruel summer. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. All right, Annie, we're on to your third. (laughs) Hit us with this hot take. So here comes another rant. Um, I would like to just say to all the people out there, we all know them, um, who literally cannot leave Taylor alone. And I'm not talking about, you know, journalists or other artists who just have this whatever stupid beef with Taylor. I'm talking about friends and peers that I, I know for a fact we all have who operate as if Taylor is literally the spawn of Satan and they cannot acknowledge one good aspect of her. And it literally drives me absolutely loco. Um, Mostly I've learned that people are jealous of her beauty, talent, fame, etc. But I also think some people out there think that if they give her even a slight compliment, it will take away from their indie aesthetic or whatever. But this bitch is out here collaborating with Bonnie Vare on two different albums in a row. So your point is moot. Um, I will say though, for real, I, I think that folklore and evermore will definitely bring in a different genre of fans, if that makes sense. And that is big for the program. Um, but yeah, it really grinds my gears so much when some people just come up with the lamest reasons to hate her. Like, again, I know that I'm biased. I mean, I'm very aware of that. But from a completely third-party objective point of view, she is so nice. She's so giving and courteous and likable and talented. I just, can people get over it? Like, I don't understand who hurt you enough to just, oh my god, it it makes me very upset. Um... But in the words of Khalees, you don't have to love me. You don't even have to like me. But you will respect me. And that really sums up how I feel about how the world should view Taylor Allison Swift. Thank you for your time. All right, Annie. So I I just feel like we just got closer just now, even though we have known each other for a long time. But the Kellis quote you had at the end, um, that was my high school senior quote in my yearbook. (laughs) You don't have to love me. You don't even have to like me, but you will respect me. Why? Because I'm a boss. And I feel like people need to do the same with Taylor because, Mm -hmm. again, making it their personality. Mm -hmm. Amen, Annie. Let's wrap up with Annie's last confession. And lastly, I just wanted to make a final statement. Um, This will be brief, but 
I have come to terms with it in the last few days. And that is, um, I believe that Evermore is better than Folklore. At least, let me tweak that. I personally prefer Evermore over Folklore. Um, I think it's a lot more immediately gratifying than Folklore is because, and something I learned about Folklore is it's kind of best to listen alone or like listen in your car with the windows down, you know, in a form of prayer, basically. Um, And I live in New York City, so I don't have a car, so I haven't really been able to give the album its full, you know, value by driving 2,000 miles per hour along the curvy roads of your hometown blasting it. Um, But I don't know. I think I just, like, had a more immediate preference to Evermore. Um, It literally has zero skips for me. Um, I don't know. For whatever reason, it just hits different, and I just find myself vibing more with it. So I just wanted to put that on the record. I'm not sure if other people feel that way, too. I know there are some really hardcore folklore stands out there, which, you know, I fully embrace that and am proud of you and understand. But for me, I don't know. It's just Evermore is reigning supreme in this this current moment for me. So that's where I stand. Um, But anyway, thank you, Cressy and Allie for letting me get these confessions off my chest. I really feel like a weight has been lifted, even though, you know, I do have my my Swifty crew that I usually, if I have a peak emotion, I'm usually sharing it with them. But hopefully I don't stir up anything, and I'd love to hear what y'all think about my hot takes. But anyway, stay golden. The podcast is fab, and TS forever. XOXO, Swifty girl. Well, thank you, Annie. I feel like a lot of times people don't agree with things that I say on this podcast. (laughs) And Annie did agree. And I am going to cling to that for the rest of my life. Thank you, Annie. Annie said, Allie writes. Allie writes. Um, (laughs) I just feel like, I don't know. It's probably because Cressy is a more knowledgeable Taylor fan. You know, you've been more of a deep researcher of Taylor for a longer amount of time that sometimes I'm just not in sync with other Taylor fans and I just say how I feel. And Annie, you as a very long-term deep Taylor fan with a Taylor account, thank you because I agree. Although I respect folklore, I came to the realization today as I listened to Evermore then listened to folklore back to back, I would say... I enjoy Evermore more than Folklore, maybe about six times more. <laughs> I agree that it is way more, like, instantly gratifying. Because mm-hmm. you kind of have to work for Folklore. Like, we printed out all, like, we talked about this earlier before we started recording, but we printed out all of the lyrics for mm-hmm. Folklore and all, and for Evermore, when we record that episode, we don't have to do that. We can mm-hmm. just talk about it. Yeah. And that's a big difference between the albums. Mm-hmm. I think that part of the reason could be because Evermore has those more upbeat songs. Mm-hmm. And Folklore is such a work of art because they all are so sonically cohesive. All the songs on Folklore are all merged together. 
and Evermore doesn't quite have that to the same extent. But Evermore, I get mm-hmm. excited when songs get turned on. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. love this one. Champagne Problems has really grown on me, but we'll save that for the I Evermore. I love Champagne. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll save it. And I think, just to close this out, I think the pacing is better on Evermore. Mm-hmm. I think towards the end of Folklore, it kind of lags a little bit, you know? Yeah, I always really enjoy the first half of Folklore, and honestly, the second half mm-hmm. of Folklore has more skips for me. Mm-hmm. I think Folklore is better on Shuffle, and Evermore you can listen to all the way through. Yeah. You know? I- I think that Evermore, it really, I think it might have two skips for me. And I still enjoy those songs, but only two skips. I would say that Folklore probably has at least four. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Well, thank you, Annie. Let's move on to our next Swifty confession. I don't know if they're going to be anywhere as near as spicy as Annie's, but we're going to see if they're going to try. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sure it's wonderful. No. I was going to say that in showing favoritism. I believe in everyone. Um, Well, I I know this one is going to be great already because just scanning, I see I have been a Taylor Swift fan for 14 years. Love that. And then I see the Look What You Made Me Do abbreviation, which I love a good abbreviation. I (laughs) love it. So Love to abbreviate all of them. So I'm already in. Do you want to read this one, Allie? Yeah. So now that we have a teaser, let's let's dive in. (laughs) So Katie wrote in with her Swifty confession. Katie says, quote, Hello, my name is Katie and I've been listening to the podcast for two months. I first want to say thank you so much for this podcast. Everyone in my life doesn't like Taylor Swift, so it's pretty lonely whenever she drops something new. I know, I feel bad. Um, This podcast makes me feel like I have Swifty friends. You do have Swifty friends, Katie. They're us. Um, Welcome to the cult. Welcome to the cult. (laughs) Um, Katie continues, thank you. I have been a Taylor Swift fan for 14 years. Is that math right? Jeez. On to my confession. I was really excited when Taylor announced Reputation, but then I heard the first single, Look What You Made Me Do. I was sweating. I didn't like the song. I was worried the whole album was going to be about Kanye and who wants that. After listening to Reputation for the first time, I was so relieved. I think it's my favorite of all time now. I also grew to like Look What You Made Me Do after a couple listens. I have so many more things I could say about Taylor, but I gotta keep it short. I will end this with the absolute fact that Taylor is a lyrical genius and I think more people should give her a chance. It's not cool to hate her anymore. Thanks. End quote. Yes. Yeah, it is not cool to hate her anymore. And also, I had that same exact experience. I was not impressed with Look What You Made Me Do. I think we touched on this briefly in a previous episode. Mm-hmm. I was, I just was just kind of like, oh, what? Um, and now Reputation is my era. I love it. So, Katie, you were not the only one. It doesn't mean you love Reputation any less. It just means it had to grow on you a little more. And that's okay. That happens to me with a lot of Taylor albums. And also, I think everyone felt this way. So I recently took a, a trip down memory lane. On Reddit, on the Popheads subreddit, I'm always lurking on there. They got some fun content. But I, I went way back. I went back to the post of Look What You Maybe Do's release. Mm-hmm. Every single comment was, I I don't get this. Like, mm-hmm. This this ain't it. I mm-hmm. don't like it. This is, this is weird. What is she trying to do? Is she rapping? Mm-hmm. The old Taylor is dead. Like, this doesn't even hitting. And then the next week... 
there was the look what you made me do music video post mm-hmm. and it was a complete 180 it was oh my god i we were all so wrong this is a literal masterpiece this is a work of art like and i i think like katie like it took it took that music video to get us to mm-hmm. flip with it and it's crazy just how collectively we were all like uh to this is my gospel now mm-hmm. <laughs> and i do kind of feel like and I, I think we said this, too, in a very, very early episode. We were so young. We had no idea we would have folklore ever We were both young when I first saw you. What an ideal year to start a Taylor podcast, by the way. But um, I think I've mentioned this. I really do think that Look What You Made Me Do was written with that music video in mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it didn't quite make sense until we got that video. It just doesn't make sense without it. Do you think when they wrote the bridge, they knew there'd be that Taylor Mountain? They had to have. They had to. It just it just hit too perfectly. They knew they were gonna do a Taylor Mountain. And to remind the audience, this is a Jackie Antonoff and Taylor song. Oh, I didn't even know that. So we can we can thank um, my new lover Jack <laughs> for this one. That's a callback to a previous episode when I realized I was attracted to him. Keep it in your pants. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry. But yeah, Katie, agreed. Anything else you want to add, Ellie? No, I just want to press the little retweet button on that confession. I agree. Yes. This next confession gets a little emotional. We've all been there, or maybe we haven't. You decide. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Hi, I am here with the Swifty Confession, um, a rather large and embarrassing one, so I'm going to keep myself anonymous, but I thought y'all would get a kick out of it. So, I'm 22 now, and I like to think of myself as very emotionally stable these days, um, but when I was like 13-ish, I just was very angsty and thought I had all kinds of problems. Looking back, I really did. But anyways, I felt like nobody understood me, and I was trying to think, like, who could I talk to that would really get me and understand my problems in life? Um, And the answer I came up with was, of course, Taylor Swift. Um, So my next step was figuring out how to get in touch with her. So basically, I would take selfies while crying um and literally dm them to taylor on instagram with a long paragraph about whatever was going on in my life and i genuinely thought that this would work the whole thought process behind this was taylor's got a big heart like she loves her fans and i knew that she would be getting probably hundreds of thousands of dms a day and so i had to stand out and i thought being such a kind person with such a big heart, if she saw a picture of a girl just in tears in her DMs, she would just be compelled to open it, right? So anyways, I did this probably three or four times over the course of whatever year that was. And again, just fully expected it to work. I really thought that Taylor would like open my DMs, um, give me life advice, 
befriend me and basically be like an older sister. Um, and she never did. <laughs> and I completely understand because that was freaking weird of me. But, um, yeah, so Taylor, if you ever hear this, I'm really sorry about that. That was super weird. Um, I'm doing well now, though. And I hope you guys get a kick out of that. My first thought from this confession is where were you, young Swifties, when this poor listener was sending crying, crying pictures of herself to Taylor Swift, and she still has not met Taylor, where were you? Where was Taylor? I want to know if she actually saw any of them. <laughs> In, like, my biggest dream where, like, Taylor listens to our podcast and then hears <laughs> this, like, do you think she would reach out to her? <laughs> We'll have sorry. to track down this anonymous Swifty to be like, all right, we got her. She saw the crying pictures. She wants updates. What do you look like when you cry now? <laughs> okay, but do we think that there are many fans that have sent Taylor crying pictures of themselves? I would say um, yes. Yes. I feel like a good bit of them, though, would be crying at concert selfies. True. Like, they're crying because they're seeing her. Yeah. And then I think there's a special select few <laughs> that aren't concert related. <laughs> they just want a friend. They just want a friend. And I feel like that group can't be that big. <laughs> She's not alone, but it's definitely a very select few that actually did that. So props to this anonymous Swifty. I'm sorry that it didn't work out. We don't know that, though. Taylor could be listening right now and say, hey, I got a contact good for a weekend. They have this anonymous Swifties email. Send it my way. Then we will. We will. We will if break, we can come to. We will break the anonymous pact just so you can meet Taylor. Only if we can come to. Oh, yeah. I Only literally just said I, I'm so jealous that I get mad. So there's just <laughs> no way I'm going to let a listener meet her before I do. I'm just kidding, you guys. I'm just being dramatic. <laughs> if we're a Taylor fan matchmaker, you bet your bottom dollar we are coming along. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Shall we move on to our next confession? We are almost done. We are almost at the end of all of our confessions. Yes. Second to last. So this one is from Ivy. Oh, there's a song called Ivy. How fun. How fun. Uh, lucky. Quote, All Too Well is an amazing breakup song, but Last Kiss and Dear John are sadder. Happiness is the most mature song she's ever written. I don't think Taylor is going to change any songs that much when she re-records, but she may add some bonus tracks slash extra stuff. I really don't care about the 10-minute version of All Too Well that much. Oh what? God, Question mark? <gasps> Continuing. Like, I'm sure it's good, but I'm more interested in her putting out other unreleased stuff. Voice memos, music videos. I hate to say this, but I'm not sure if Taylor is going to tour again, even after Corona. <gasps> oh my God, the heat right now. Uh, we have so much to respond to, but I'm not even done. Okay, Continuing. I am kind of buying the theory that she might release a third album, Woodvale, on 4.30, as in April 30th, and then she'll have three albums in this area, plus Lover. 
IDK how that will work for a tour. Plus, she is getting older and more settled slash focusing on lots of songwriting. I could see her doing a Greatest Hits tour. It would be deaf a shame if she didn't play all of Folklore Evermore and Lover Live, so I hope I'm wrong. I love Easter eggs for the most part, but looking into every single thing she does is exhausting. Yes, Ivy! This was my last episode! Okay, continuing. And most of the time we go so hard that we miss the most obvious stuff, i.e. her saying not a lot going on at the moment, right before dropping Folklore, saying it again before Evermore, and us not even realizing it, lol. Thanks, guys. Can't wait to hear the app, end quote. Woo, so, um... There is a lot to talk about. <laughs> a lot I agree with, a lot I disagree with. Do you want to start with any, Allie? Um, first of all, thank you, Ivy, before I tear this apart. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I mean, no, I, I agreed with some of the things. I also feel like it's funny how much we've talked about the 10-minute version of All Too Well. Apparently, it's on a lot of people's minds. Um, Not planned at all. The one thing that I think I disagree with the most would be the Greatest Hits tour. I think that Taylor's too young for that. I think that's, like, what yeah. she'll do when she's, like, 50, you know? Yeah, that'll be, like, her Vegas res residency. Yeah, yeah. Like, I just, I don't think that's gonna happen yet. I like the attitude. I like the perspective. But I just don't think this is the time yet. I think she's above that right now. Mm-hmm. She's still making hits. She doesn't have to do a greatest hit tour. She's making True. new ones. She's still charting. Yeah. She just debuted at number one with Evermore. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts? I do agree that Last Kiss is sadder. Oh. I didn't even... Oh, I, yeah. It's a sad song. I agree. I Well, actually, I think it's on the same level of sadness. I'll say that. Oh, my God. Um... What? I just realized that this friend agrees with me too. I said All Too Well wasn't her best song. Even though I love it, it's not her best. And she agreed! Another victory. Sorry, I have so few. I have to soak in them all. So. Where did she say that, Allie? She said All Too Well is an amazing breakup song, but Last Kiss and Dear John are sadder. Sadder does not equal better. I need the W's when I get a chance. <laughs> Let's not twist Ivy's words here, okay? Okay. We have journalist integrity, all right? I feel like Ivy, I feel like Cressy and I are playing tug of war right now and Ivy's Swifty confession is just in the middle. I am just, I am just playing a reader who understands what words mean and I know sadder does not equal better. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Um... Easter eggs, I just ranted about that, so totally agree with you there, Ivy. Okay, I do have another thing to say. She said that she might release a third album, Woodvale, on 4.30. I feel like although this is Ivy's confession, we do have to mention the Woodvale written on that picture. Yes, in white that's true. And hidden. If you don't know... People found the word Woodvale written in one of Taylor's many folklore photos. Um, and it was kind of hidden. It was written in white, so it kind of blended into the black and white photo. And people said, oh my god, that is the title of the third album. Taylor then went on Jimmy Kimmel and basically said that it was nothing of the sort. Essentially, she said that she used Woodvale as a code name for folklore. And so when they were testing different fonts... They accidentally left the word Woodvale in that picture. 
I'm calling bullshit. I don't know if Woodville is the name of the next album. At this point, I think even if it was, it could be changed. But I just, I just don't buy it. And Cressy, I already know what you're going to say in response to this. I just don't buy that the graphics team is that dumb to leave Woodvale. They are, though. In a picture. I knew you were going to say that, and I will let you do that. They are, though. They've made so many mistakes. But like, this is not the first time they've made a mistake. And that's a, this is not even their most blatant mistake. Like, it's, if they are trying out fonts, which they were, and folklore did end up being in white, and they're just dragging over a new one. I mean, that happens. I hate to say it. Mistakes happen. And that's I, such an easy mistake to make if you're not actually wanting to delete an element in mm-hmm. Photoshop or um, InDesign, whatever they're mm-hmm. working in, Canva. I don't know. But you know when you, like, export or when you're working in that? Um, they're not working in Canva, first off. <laughs> but that was a off. joke. <laughs> but you know when you are working in that, like, the little box shows up around the text box? Like, I feel like they would see that, you know? Not always, though, because you can turn that off in InDesign because I, I keep that function off when I work in InDesign and it doesn't show up in Photoshop at all. Okay. So, so it, if they were working in Photoshop and it was dragged over and they just forgot and this was a, a multi-layer project, it, I mean, they're not, it's gone unless they individually look at all the layers. So long story short. Crusty also, things. before Allie goes on, I just want to say I'm certified, like actually <laughs> certified. And in design and Photoshop. Okay. So show I know off. what the hell I'm talking about. Okay. It's it's a shitty mistake and it makes me annoyed because they do this pretty often. They make really annoying mistakes. <laughs> but go on, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Oh no, you're fine. I was just gonna say, so long story short, Cressy thinks that Taylor was telling the truth on Jimmy Kimmel and it was just negligent graphic designers. <laughs> I, on the other hand, think... Well, hold on. I need to interrupt again. I'm so sorry. Although I think it was a mistake, it Woodville could end up being something, you know? Yeah. I just don't think it was an Easter egg. I'm just gonna say, on the other hand, I think that it was intentional, and Taylor had to scramble for a bold-faced lie on Jimmy Kimmel. I think that Woodville might have been something it might not be now because everyone uncovered it but i do think that was intentional but because no one ever agrees with any point of view i have on this podcast i'm gonna go you ahead say and- that but you're only talking to me right now i know i, I don't reflect the audience i know no sometimes people agree but i'm just gonna go ahead and assume that most of you are gonna side with cressy and that's okay it's fine. I won most likely I, to have I also, bad ideas on the tennis team. Oh so. my god. Please, like, send them the bill to your therapist. <laughs> I know. I need to. Okay, but uh, just to establish the timeline, this Woodvale thing, this happened before Evermore was even a thought. How do we know that? Because this was when she was releasing those alternate cover albums on July 24th. But Evermore was definitely being developed back then, I would think. No, there's no way because there's no way I that don't. early. She recorded Happiness in November. 
I don't believe a word that comes out of Taylor's mouth. <laughs> I really don't think, because Taylor said when things with folklore were wrapping up, they didn't feel like they were done, that there was still more to happen. And things weren't wrapping up with folklore on July 24th. Her team only had seven days to create all of those artworks. They yeah. only had a seven-day heads up. According to who? To Taylor. Oh, 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 oh. Because she Remember came in... Remember in the... Yeah. Because she just said she kept it a complete secret and then told her team and then they had seven days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would disagree. I think that Taylor is such a planned business person. I do agree that maybe the team, because she kept it a secret, only had seven days to come up with those artworks. I would think that when Taylor released Folklore, I think she already knew about Evermore and potentially about the trilogy album. Because she is such a strategic businesswoman, I think that she probably knew. Just to make this clear, you think Evermore was in the works on or before July 24th, meaning Trilogy was in the back of her mind, potentially, Mm-hmm. And she told a graphic designer to hide the word Woodvale somewhere. Yes. <laughs> okay. Last last thing I'm going to say before we move on. <laughs> I do think we should point out that code names and fake pictures and stuff are used often to find out who a leak is. For example, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, when they had their first child, they sent out pictures to the friends and family of a baby that was not their baby to find out if any of them would release it to tabloids. Hmm. If Woodbell was a codename, that's not that bizarre because Taylor is very secretive and she would not want something leaked. We never get leaks like ever. It's so rare that something leaks. And... That's just not surprising to me if a specific graphic designer has each, or maybe like each one has a specific code word just to find out if any of them are leakers. And then last minute they're told, oh, it's called folklore. Last thing I'm going to say. I think now is a great time to move on to our (laughs) final Swifty confession. Now, this confession comes from a place a little close to home. (laughs) And when I say that, I mean my boyfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And when I say that I had to bribe him, bribe him to record this for me, begrudgingly, I did. You guys will never know what it took to get this recording. (laughs) Ew! No, I did not mean sex. I did not mean sex. You uh, reword that, girly. You will never know the things I had to do. (laughs) No. No, actually, I just kind of threw a hissy fit and locked myself in my clothing closet (laughs) until you cleaned. (laughs) Why is that worse somehow? (laughs) Well, anyways, here it is. Hope it's worth it. Take it away, Sam. Hello, Good For A Weekend. My name is Sam, and I have a Taylor Swift confession. This year on Spotify Wrapped, Taylor Swift was my number two. 
For most of Good for a Weekend listeners, this is uh, standard, but as you can hear, I am a dude. <laughs> so this is a bit more of a confession than for your typical Swifty fans. She's never made my top five on Spotify Wrapped, but this year she was right up there with an even more embarrassing confession. Hamilton was my number one. Thank you, G-File. Tell me that that didn't sound like he had like a gun to his head. <laughs> and he was recording his hostage tape to send to the U.S. government. <laughs> That's so fun, though. Your impact. I know. Yeah. Taylor's to, impact. To be clear, uh, Sam and I did not live in the same state, you know, when folklore came out. But because his beloved girlfriend started a Taylor Swift podcast... He did listen to folklore all on his own, so much so that it became his number two. And just to put this in context, he is a bit of a music snob, so he was not entirely thrilled to (laughs) can confirm. Cressy and I used to go to lunch dates, the three of us, uh, you know, just a typical thropple. Um, (laughs) I'm making this so much worse. And Cressy, I remember one time got mad because Sam kept asking me when songs would play in the restaurant. He'd be like, oh my god, do you know who sings this? And Cressy would be like, why are you quizzing her? My god, I forgot that that happened. (laughs) You You just took me back. It is so annoying when people do that, when they're like, do you even know who this is? (laughs) Like... Chill yes. out. It's it's the it's Beatles. What's playing yes, on campus dining. <laughs> what? This is we just spent our tiger dining dollars on some <laughs> shitty food, and you're like, it's not that deep. Also, if you're a dude and you love Taylor Swift, that is nothing to be ashamed about. No, you should embrace that. I actually <laughs> tried to get another. Um, guy that I know to give me a Swifty confession and because this other male is not my boyfriend I was not able to use the same tactics so one of my co-workers admitted to me after I admitted to him that I had a Taylor Swift podcast that he was a huge Swifty when he grew up so much so that he had several Taylor Swift posters in his room but most notably he slept with a Taylor Swift poster directly above him on his bed so that Taylor was nice. the last thing he saw at night. And those are the two confessions that we had to squeeze out of two innocent men. Nice. So I think that wraps it up. So 2020 has been one hell of a year. So for one final surprise to wrap up our inaugural Swifty Confessions episode, and this is our end of year episode too, so we wanted to, you know, go out with a bang. We have a little bit of a new segment for you. Cressy, want to talk about it? Yes, we are introducing a new segment we're going to call Taylor Talk. Where we'll answer questions from you. And for this first segment of Taylor Talk, we're just going to pull randomly from questions we've received over the year. And if you want your question to be included in future segments of Taylor Talk, send us an email with the subject line, you guessed it, Taylor Talk, 
and your question could be included in future episodes. And again, our email is gfaweekend at gmail.com. Shall we begin? Yes. Here's a question we received not that long ago. So our first question is, Hey GFA, I just have a quick question. I was scrolling on Taylor's Pandora page and there are thousands of random release remixes from 2017. I checked Spotify and Amazon and they both don't have these releases. It's weird because they're not even all Taylor remixes. I just wanted to know your thoughts. Have a great weekend, Genevieve. Um, so we don't really have an answer to this one. <laughs> what a great question to start off Taylor talk. Um... <laughs> I don't know why that would be on Pandora. I was kind of thinking about all the different, like, you need to calm down remixes that are on Spotify. I don't know what the, you know, what rights you have to acquire to make a remix of a song by a different artist. Um, But it is a little suspicious that it is on her Pandora, I think. Kind of weird. Maybe Pandora has an easier barrier of entry. And maybe. it's not as strict as maybe Spotify or Amazon for um, copyright. Yeah. And we don't know that for sure, but that would probably be yeah. our best guess. So it could be fan-made remixes. You never know. Yeah. I mean, there are thousands of mashups on TikTok right now of different Taylor mm-hmm. songs. Um, most of them sure. involving All Too Well in some form or fashion. So shall we go on to the next question? Yes. What era do you think has the best merch? I think reputation. I really want 100%. that white hoodie. I really want that white hoodie with the snake down the sleeve. I'm so mad I didn't buy it. Little did you know that would be her last era with high quality merch. <laughs> and that white But like little did we all know. I would have bought everything if I had known what was to come. I know. That white sweatshirt when I see people post pictures in it, it just looks so crisp. Mm-hmm. Do we think that she will release merch for her re-recordings? Hmm. That's a good question. Because to me, I'm like, why would you miss that opportunity to make more money? You know, like people would definitely buy it. Maybe. And just to clarify really quickly for anyone who may not know, Taylor's quality and merch significantly dropped after she left Big Machine. Because while she was at Big Machine, Taylor Nation was in charge of creating and distributing her merchandise. And when she went to uh, Universal, they are now in charge of the merch. Mm. Her team no longer creates it or handles it. So that's why the quality has changed so significantly. That's not us just like shitting on like different eras and how they look. It's like, no, like the... The actual material of the clothing changed. Yeah. And it sucks. Because it, it was actually really good stuff. Like, merch is always super expensive for just t-shirts and jackets and stuff. But it her stuff used to be worth the big price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a bummer. Cressy, I think you should go ahead with this next question since you are a cat owner yourself. What do you think cute pet names for Taylor's cats are? So I was actually talking about this with our friend Tana today, and I totally think Benjamin Button would be BB. Oh, I like how you're so confident about this. I it's really so like cute. That is cute. I really like the commercial where she calls her uh, cat like you mountain lion, or like she, you know what I mean? Like she calls it like you puffy princess. Do you know what I'm talking about? She had a whole commercial where she's like. Where Olivia or the other one, 
Oh my god, I don't even know the other name of the cat. Meredith. Meredith! Oh my god, I didn't know that. One of them. You know the commercial I'm talking about? Am I going crazy? Okay. Well, it does exist, but uh, I guess that's all I have to input for that. (laughs) Um, She does have, um, like, a little part on the Elden show where she... I don't remember if it was Olivia or Meredith, um, is like talking in that cat's voice and is like, says something like, what up is Dibbles or something. <laughs> oh, but I don't remember I which cat it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what cat that was though. So yeah. Dibbles maybe one. Meredith and Olivia look a lot alike. Yeah. They're sisters. Benji just has those big blue eyes. Anyways, next question. What kind of music do you listen to other than Taylor? <laughs> Uh, good question. Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a hard question because lately it's just been Taylor. I've been listening to Miley Cyrus' Plastic Hearts a lot, and I do really love her album. I also feel like a lot of her music doesn't get the respect it needs, and probably Mm -hmm. in some ways for similar reasons to Taylor. You know, Miley was always on top. Um, and I feel like sometimes people don't want to admit that they're a big fan of Miley when they are, Mm -hmm. but also Miley did have that crazy stage too. But arguably, Mm -hmm. I think Bangers is Miley's best album and I don't think it got the clout it deserved at the time because everyone was making fun of how crazy she was. Any other input from you? (laughs) I think some of the criticism was deserved. Mm Mm-hmm. Particularly, par- I can't say that word. We all, we've established this. I can't particularly, say it. Yeah. Say it for me, Allie. Uh, sorry to flex on you this hard, but particularly. Thank you. Um, her appropriation of like black culture and using a black scent and then sort of oh, yeah. turning I, it off just to start a new era. I, it was kind of uh, seen as ex- exploitive. Is that the pronoun? exploit it's it's exploitive not exploitative right exploit my brain's broken no you're fine ali and i have been recording for four hours yeah this has been a <laughs> and we long were abducted episode. by aliens briefly at the very beginning they could still be in charge yes <laughs> but anyway um i like a lot of music i've mentioned this a few times i really like disco music i'm into it not ironically it's just fun it makes me happy um i also really like pop punk music mm-hmm. i like to get angsty um like catfish and the bottleman and the frights and I, I have a whole playlist called angsty cressy so <laughs> all of those it's hard to talk about these things off the cuff you know it's like yeah. you like so many bands but when you're suddenly asked like what do you listen to my mind is just like you only listen to Taylor Swift and you don't listen to anything else, even though I have a million playlists. I also, um, this is embarrassing, but, um, on my Spotify wrapped about 50% of it was rain sounds (laughs) because I fall asleep listening to rain sounds on Spotify. (laughs) I would say for me, like, other than Taylor and Miley just ebbs and flows for me. Like, I will listen to it at times and then at times not. I do listen to a lot of Ed Sheeran. I do want to end that question with a very strong song suggestion. If you have not heard the song Good Kisser by Lake Street Dive, listen to it now. You will not regret it and you will not forget it. Boom. Next question. 
And I also want to add just one song that's been on repeat lately for some reason. I don't know, but I'm obsessed with it. It makes me feel like I'm in a movie or TV show and something pivotable pivotable is happening. <laughs> Allie's going to have to start speaking for me. <laughs> we all know my voice stops working it's, when I get tired. It's pivotal. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. it. Thank you. But it's um, Friday Night Big Screen by Girlie. It's a really good song. Seriously. It's like, I think it's a crowd pleaser. I think a lot of people will like it. It it references a bunch of classic movies, but not in a weird way, like like the Heathers and Clueless, mm-hmm. like fun yeah. movies. You know, it's it's like cute. I love shit like that. <laughs> so yeah. Any other uh, recommendations before we go to the next question, Allie? No, I think that wraps it up. And the next question is, what other podcasts do you listen to? I'll take this one away. Uh, this might be a controversial one to bring up. Um, but I'm feeling very, like, you know, exposed right now. But I really like to listen to Sophia with an F podcast. And if you aren't aware, that's the Call Her Daddy podcast. And Sophia is the one who essentially was the public enemy after the whole Call Her Daddy debacle. Interesting. Yeah, she kind of went into a really dark time, she said, after she got kicked off of Call Her Daddy, which was essentially the most popular podcast on Apple. It's a sex podcast. You may or may not have heard of it. Most likely you have. But hot take, I think Sophia with an F podcast is better than the current Call Her Daddy podcast. And I think it's more mature and respects women more than Call Her Daddy did when the two were together. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I've never listened to either. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just entertaining because they're both bad shit crazy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I do think I side with Sophia. So, woman power. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Any others? I just pulled out my podcast uh, subscriber list so I could just read them all out. Oh, yeah. Just go ahead. So, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm going to skip over the ones that I don't, like, listen to religiously every week. Stuff You Should Know, that podcast. They record that, like, a block away from me. Isn't that fun? Yes. Stuff You Should Know. Great podcast. I like to fall asleep to that and then cue up the rain sounds. Mm -hmm. Darknet Diaries. That's about uh, like internet crimes and stuff. Uh, Scam Goddess. That's about scamming and scams. Crime Lines. True Crime. Uh, Every Little Thing. Great. Armchair is where you at. Love Armchair Expert. I think that's my number one. That's what got me into listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, Working It Out with Mike Berbiglia. Um, That's about um, comedy, like writing comedy. Um, I used to listen to This American Life, but I realized it was just making me cry every week, so I, I cut that out. You gotta cut the toxic I shit out. I used to out. listen to that one, too. <laughs> yeah, it just gets to be too much. Killer yeah. Queens, uh, Criminal, Web Crawlers. Uh, I used to listen to a lot of You Made It Weird, uh, Reply All. Oh, the Popcast. The Popcast. I love that pod- podcast. That's so hard to say. I love the podcast Popcast. So I found it because they're listed under Entertainment News. Yeah. Which is our category on Apple Podcasts. And I was like, oh, I wonder who's above us and what they're like. I really like it. Their um their thing is um entertainment news that does not matter. Or mm-hmm. news that's entertaining but does not matter. Yeah. So it's it's like stuff that doesn't matter but it's entertaining and like pop culture and you know, gossip. The brand Reply all. Under understood, code switch, swindled, uh, the Atlanta Foodcast, Southern Fried 
true crime radio rental, The Fall Crazy, Line. Crazy, I'm going to have so to many. cut you off. Crazy, it's gone a I, little I bit I have ridiculous. two more left. I have two more left. Oh, my God. Rabbit Hole and the Catch and Kill podcast. Okay, I'm done. Whew. I only read like half of them, too. Are you still there, listeners? <laughs> nope. It's just me. <laughs> um, and then the last question for the day. Wait. What? Did you not have any more? I mean, how do I follow that? <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure. Okay. No. Um, I Honestly, I'm a big audiobook person. Lately, I've been listening to okay. Untamed. Oh, but is that by Glennon Doyle? Yes, Glennon Doyle. Um, I, you know, I listen to, okay, <laughs> mine are kind of embarrassing. Uh, it's fun. I like to get, I love hearing what um, the podcast I listen to, what they listen to. That's how I find like all of my stuff. So the first one that comes up, hardcore history. <laughs> nice. History, but it's hardcore. Um, the next one, Kinky. bad on paper. Love it. Love a little bit of spice. Um, this one takes it away. I did listen to this one for a while. Oh my god, it's called Swish and Flick. <laughs> what is that? Oh my god, is that a Harry Potter podcast? Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> what do they talk about? <laughs> Um, they basically go through the books and I don't know, there's like so many hidden gems in the books that I really, it's kind of like necessary, you know, you need to get the deeds. And then the last one I'm going to mention is Unqualified by Anna Faris because I stan Anna Faris. Yeah. You go, um, That was one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. You played it in the car. Oh, oh my God. Did I really? When was that? What year? I, we were on a road trip together, one of our road trips. I don't remember which one. Oh, But yeah, that was one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. That's so funny because, look, I introduced Cressy to podcasts and look where she is today. <laughs> I would even, like, I go through phases. I go through phases of listening to mostly audiobooks to listening to mostly podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. It just depends on my mood. So the very last question for today, for our first segment of Taylor Talk, again, you can submit any questions you want to be answered on the podcast by sending us an email with the subject line Taylor Talk. Or DMing us. Or DMing us. Um, but you can send it to our email at gfaweekend at gmail.com. And the last question for today is, do you have anyone you stand as much as Taylor? I, uh, I have a lot... I'm a really big comedy buff. I really like stand-up comedians. Um, big fan of Seinfeld. Um, I've got a, a Seinfeld Twitter account. <laughs> it's it's pretty popular. I think it has like 30,000 followers, so it's not huge, but we have a lot of laughs. 30,000 is a lot. Thank you. It got me a job. Fun fact. It's what got me my job in Atlanta. <laughs> so go after your dreams. Your turn. I have two people that I want to mention. The first two that came to my brain. I'm going to start with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I wrote an entire thesis on Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She wrote Fleabag as well as part of Killing Eve and then she produced Killing Eve. But essentially, anything that she stars in or she writes is phenomenal. 
And fun fact, when Phoebe Waller-Bridge was on SNL, Taylor Swift was the musical guest. And when I saw them together in one place, I about fainted. Also, Taylor <laughs> Swift wrote that article about Phoebe Waller-Bridge, about um, yeah. that picture of her yeah. after she won all those Emmys. So, yeah, my life is complete. And then <laughs> to end the first segment of Taylor Talk, the second person that I stand. Okay, saying I stand this person as much as Taylor is a stretch. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she does kind of, you know, she reaches up there with Taylor. This person, not so much, but I do want to mention Pete Davidson. <laughs> and that wraps up our end of year episode for 2020. And although this year has been hell, um, it's been pretty good for Cressy and I. And we loved starting this podcast and we love having your support it's really honestly when we say it's what keeps us going we are not lying so true and i also as our end of your episode i just want to quickly mention something that i've never mentioned ever before on this entire podcast please do yes so i have a company i'm a co-founder of called so straws so basically i started a paper straw company with one of my good friends in college and i know you're thinking you paper straws chrissy really are you like plugging this right now paper straws are gross they fall apart they taste gross they don't hold up well in drinks but we freaking fixed that that's why we started <laughs> yes, straws. We, we all of the shit that you're thinking about about why you hate paper straws i can guarantee you we fixed it ali can contest they are damn contest. good straws they are the best paper straws in the world i will stand by that they are sturdy i have a friend who uses them in water and she lays them out to dry after and reuses <laughs> them i kind of think that's gross <laughs> but uh, that's just how sturdy they are and also we started this because we really care about the environment we really care about eliminating single-use plastic so this is just something near and dear to my heart. It's a little passion project. Um, you can check out SoStraws.com, S-O-Straws.com. And that stands for save, lowercase, the ocean straws. Yes. But yeah, I, I don't know why I've never mentioned that on the podcast. But if you want to check out SoStraws, please do. Yes. Maybe if uh, it's a thing. With our listeners, we could do a little promo code just for y'all. Yes, so if you want to save the environment while also supporting our dear co-host, Cressy, then please check out So Straws, and I can vouch for it. Their holiday line just came out, and they are so cute. Anyways, thank you for listening to Good for a Weekend. And thank you for all of these submissions that made this very chaotic episode possible. <laughs> we hope you're pumped for what we have in store for 2021. Some episodes you have to look forward to include our 2021 predictions and our Evermore recap. We're also thinking about having a Grammys watch party together online, which is January 31st. So stay tuned for details on that. Uh, we really don't know the best way to do that. It's just a thought. So um, just something to think about. And if you haven't already, leave a review and send it to us through our email or DM us on social media. And you will be entered in our signed Folklore CD giveaway, which includes your selection of Taylor Swift merch. So definitely do not miss that. And have a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2021. Bye, guys.